Um, I just want to start by reading a scripture to you, and that is Philippians 4, verses 4 to 7, and I'm reading from the new RSV. Rejoice in the Lord. Again, always, again I will say, rejoice. Let your gentleness be known to everyone. The Lord is near. Do not worry about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be known, made known to God. And the peace of God, which passes all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Let's just pray. Father, we thank you so much for your words and the power of your words. Thank you, Lord, that when we don't know what to do, you do. And I just pray this morning that you'll just help us, Lord, to open up our spiritual hearts to your voice and anything you want to say to us this morning. In Jesus' name, Amen. So these verses have meant a great deal to me. I come from uh, a long line of warriors, really. Um, although I was brought up in the Brethren, in a, a Christian environment, my family seemed to worry so much about everything and anything. And it almost was, we were quite professional about it. If there wasn't anything to worry about, we'd worry that there wasn't anything to worry about. So it became part of my personality from quite an early age to feel anxious and worried about a lot of things. And so these scriptures have meant a lot to me. I discovered them while I was at university and I worried at university as well, you know, I worried all the time. And so I wrote these scriptures up on a large piece of paper and put it over my desk where I did most of my uh, work and my worrying. And every time a worrying thought came, I would look at those verses and I would say, okay, the Lord telling me to pray about those things that I'm worrying about. And so I learnt gradually, slowly, to offload all my worries and all my anxieties onto God. And I just want to share with you um, some of the things I've learnt over the years about when you feel anxious, how to pray. There's been an awful lot going on in our world, hasn't there, over the last couple of years. First we have the global pandemic and now we have the situation in Ukraine which is very serious. And it would be easy, wouldn't it, either to take the view of, well I really can't do anything about that, it's not in my country, it doesn't involve me and just to park it or to become completely overwhelmed and think, I don't even know where to begin when I'm praying for these things. We all know, don't we, that worry doesn't achieve anything at all. Even Jesus said that, didn't he? He said, can any of you, by worrying, add even one single hour to your life? And he encourages us all the time not to worry. And Paul helps us to see in this passage I've read how to turn our worrying thoughts into prayer. Basically, every time he got a worrying thought, he sent it to God. He prayed. Now, I want you to remember that Paul was writing this book, or letter, I should say, to the Philippians from prison. 
And I find it absolutely remarkable that throughout this letter, there's so much joy and so much rejoicing. And you think, how could he be like that in prison? You know? And yet, the thing is, we've always got God with us, haven't we? Even in prison, even in difficult times, we can turn to God and he's our father and he cares about us. And it's to the point where we can turn to him wherever we are and whatever we're involved in. Paul says, rejoice. Rejoice in the Lord always. Always. We have to choose that, don't we? We have to choose that to turn to God and say, whatever my circumstances, I'm going to choose to rejoice and find something positive in them. If Paul can do it in prison, we can all do it, can't we? Because we're not even in those circumstances that are that bad. So let's learn how to turn all our cares over to God. As I was preparing for this, I just came to the thought of, isn't prayer such a privilege? Isn't it just so amazing that we, ordinary human beings, can go into the throne room of the Most High God and he gives us his undivided attention. He's never too busy. He's never thinking, oh, I wish this person be quiet because I've got to get on with something else far more important. No, he's our Heavenly Father. And he welcomes us. And we can go into his presence. We don't have to book an appointment like you do if you want to see the doctor these days. And it's a long wait, isn't it, sometimes? We don't have to do that. We can go any time, any time into his throne room and bring our prayers and requests before God. He is our, this God, this most high God, who made the universe and everything in it, who has all power and authority, makes himself available to us. I just, as I was preparing, I thought, we just take this for granted so much, don't we? He's our dad, he's our father, our Abba, our daddy, however you want to tell us talk to him but he cares about us and he's never too busy it is a huge privilege to be able to pray and Paul just says don't worry pray so why pray so my first point is that prayer is powerful James 5 verse 16 says the prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective The Amplified Bible puts it this way, the earnest, heartfelt, continued prayer of a righteous man makes tremendous power available, dynamic in its working. If we want to see something change, we can go to God and believe that he is powerful, that he will do something. In this um, verse from James, he refers to Elijah round that passage and he said Elijah was just an ordinary man and yet he prays and it stopped raining for three and a half years and then he prayed again and it rained prayer is powerful I love the story in 2 Chronicles 20 Jehoshaphat is there and he has this massive army coming against him he doesn't know what to do 
And he's honest about it. He doesn't panic. He says, okay, I don't know what to do, but we can find out. And he gets everyone together and he says, let's pray, let's fast, let's seek God. And they get together and eventually after praying and praising and fasting, one of the prophets comes up with a word for them, Jehaziel. And he says, do not be afraid or discouraged because of this vast army, for the battle is not yours, but God's. Tomorrow, march out against them. You will not have to fight this battle. Take your positions, stand firm, and see the deliverance the Lord will give you. The people took his words on board, and the next day they got together their army. But right in the front of the army, they got people who were going to praise the Lord, going into battle. And they went out following this praise and this worship. And when they got there, all the enemies were fighting each other. And there was no need to fight at all because they sought the Lord. They prayed. They prayed for something amazing to happen. I find this a really encouraging thing when we're praying about Ukraine. We can really pray, we can really intercede. Who knows how God wants to bring this awful situation to an end? We need to seek God. We need to put him first. We need to pray and fast like they did in Jehoshaphat's time. Let's seek a miraculous end to this war. And why should we pray? Well, prayer brings peace. That's what Paul says in those verses, doesn't he? He says, if you pray, instead of worrying, the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will keep your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. If we're lacking in peace, it may be that we're not praying enough. (laughs) God doesn't want us to be burdened with a whole load of stuff. He wants us to bring it to to him. And... um, We heard this morning, 1 Peter 5 verse 7, um, which is, cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. Cast is a very strong word in the Greek and it actually means to throw on purpose, to throw on purpose. And the same word is used when the people going uh, through their garments on the donkey when Jesus was going into Jerusalem. God wants us to throw all our cares and all our anxieties on him and not carry them on our own. And the Greek word for cares is melee, which also means that you matter to God. So I looked up some amazing translations of that verse and J.B. Phillips said, you can throw the whole weight of your anxieties upon him for you are his personal concern I really love that one that's my favourite and Moffat said let all your anxieties fall on him for his great interest is in you the Jewish Bible by David Stern throw all your anxieties on him because he cares for you and the Amplified is casting the whole of your care all your anxieties, all your worries, all your concerns, once and for all, on him. For he cares about you affectionately and cares about you watchfully. Isn't that beautiful? 
that God has got so much care over us that we actually don't need to worry. The, the message says, live carefree before God. He is most careful with you. Isn't that so encouraging? So putting all that together, we need to know that we've got a Father in heaven who is incredibly interested in us and who has that heart to take care of us. He doesn't want us to live anxious and worried and stressed lives. And so when those thoughts come, we need to throw them in his direction and don't go back and pick them up again, eh? Let's just throw them and leave them. And so why do we pray? Well, prayer changes us. Prayer is not meant to be a one-way conversation with God just listening to all of our woes and everything. We're expecting to hear God in whatever way you hear God, maybe through the scriptures or maybe through a picture he gives you or words or whatever. But God wants us to be changed as we throw our concerns on him. He shows us scriptures. He shows us and puts ideas in our minds, things that we just wouldn't think of, things to encourage us, prayers that we would never thought of praying. He just has the most amazing way of just changing us as we pray and giving us hope and encouragement and answers that we need. He usually encourages us to think bigger than we're thinking and to think outside the box, to have some new revelation on things, new things that we can do. I've been praying for my son for years and just recently um, God just dropped into my heart, I want you to send him a scripture every single day for a year. So I'm doing that each day and I'm just praying. It's God's idea, not mine. I wouldn't have thought of it. When he told me the idea, it was like, that's a big commitment. I'm not sure I can do that. And then I thought, no, if that's what God's telling me to do, I'm going to do it. And I'm going to believe that those words go deep into his heart and shake him out of his depression and his weariness and his lack of life. I believe that God can do that. So, how do we pray? Well, Paul says, with thanksgiving, with prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving. And so, thanksgiving is really important because that's how we express our faith that God is going to do something. And without faith, nothing happens at all. So, we need to include faith. The only thing that stopped Jesus from doing things while he was here, was people's lack of faith. And I don't want to be that person. I don't know about you. And so faith, thanksgiving releases that faith in us. We're saying, thank you, God, that you're my father. Thank you, God, that you rule the world. And we're not seeing it yet in certain places, but we believe that we're going to see that. We thank you, Lord, that you hear what we're saying to you. So, the Passion Translation is really good. It says, Be saturated with prayer throughout each day, offering your faith-filled requests before God with overflowing gratitude. So, faith and gratitude sort of go together. 
we must thank God and always lift him up, lift up his name above every single thing we're praying for. How do we pray? We pray with persistence. Um, Sometimes the traditional translations don't pick up when something's ongoing, but the Amplified Bible does. This is what the Amplified says, um, Paul says, Do not fret or have any anxiety about anything, but in every circumstance and in everything, by prayer and petition, definite requests, with thanksgiving, continue to make your wants known to God. Continue. We mustn't give up. We need that faith that persists, that goes beyond what we can see. Jesus himself said, keep on asking, keep and it will be given you. Again, this is the Amplified because it's given you the present continuous tense. So keep on asking and it will be given you. Keep on seeking and you will find. Keep on knocking reverently and the door will be open to you. For everyone who keeps on asking receives and he who keeps on seeking finds. And to him who keeps on knocking, the door will be opened. And then he says, If you then, evil as you are, know how to give good and advantageous gifts to your children, how much more will your Father who is in heaven, perfect as he is, give good and advantageous things to those who keep on asking? Never give up. It has been said that Winston Churchill said, Never, never, never give up. But I looked it up and it turned out to be never, never, never give in. Um, But I think for the purpose of today, it's a don't give up. Never, never give up. God has always got more to do for us than we can possibly ask or imagine. So there may be things that you've been praying for for years and you haven't seen the answer yet. Never give up. There may be someone you've been praying for for years and you haven't seen the answer yet. Never give up. We haven't seen the war in Ukraine cease yet. Let's never give up. We've got to keep on. The one who never gives up is the one who continues to believe no matter what it looks like. And so Paul encourages us to continue to pray. How do we pray? We also pray in the Spirit. Ephesians 6 verse 18 says, pray in the Spirit with all kinds of prayers and requests. Why do we have to pray in the Spirit? Because actually with our minds, as Paul says, we don't know how to pray as we ought, but the Spirit intercedes for us. The Spirit helps us in our weakness. So as we pray in the Spirit, we find that the Lord just starts to give us ways to pray that perhaps we haven't thought of. I was quite excited a couple of weeks ago in our church. We were invited to stand and pray for Ukraine and they put some prayer points up for us. Um, But we just started to pray. Everybody just stood up and we were all praying like individually but all at the same time. It was a bit noisy but it was fine. And I was shocked at how I ended up praying. I ended up praying for President Putin in a way that I was just not expecting to at all. 
And then we sat down and uh, we were encouraged to talk to the person sitting next to us. So I started to chat to the lady next to me and she was lovely and I'd never spoken to her before, but she was a bit wide-eyed. And she said, you know what, I've been praying, just then when we were praying, I was praying for President Putin and she told me what she was praying. And it was exactly what I had been praying I couldn't hear her, I promise. (laughs) And she couldn't hear me because there was babble going on across everywhere. Let's pray in the Spirit until God shows us how to pray and gives us scriptures. In our church as well, we did a, um, for a few days, we did 24-7 prayer. So we each signed up for an hour to pray for Ukraine. And afterwards, I told my mum what I'd been doing. She said, well, how on earth did you manage to keep praying for an hour? She said, did Marcus pray with you? I said, no, prayed on my own. And she said, oh, I bet you prayed in the spirit. I said, yes. And it was just incredible on that occasion. I was led to the passages in Exodus uh, where the Lord was bringing, uh, Moses was bringing the people out of Israel, out of Egypt. And I just used those scriptures and God was just speaking to me how to pray. When we don't know what to pray, we can pray in the Spirit and God shows us what to pray. Paul says, I will pray with my spirit, but I will also pray with my mind. And it's just amazing when God seeks to show us how to pray. So finally, what can we pray for? Paul says, in everything. So he means that there's nothing you can't pray about. The Passion Translation says, tell him every detail of your life. I was baptised at the age of 13. I'd had a bit of a battle to get baptised. From about the age of 10, I knew I wanted to be baptised. And I kept saying to my dad, every time a baptismal service was coming up, I want to be baptised, Dad. And we were in a little brethren assembly and he was the one of the elders and he, he just kept saying, you're too young, you're too young, you need to wait till you're older. I used to think, I'm not too young. It doesn't say in the Bible that you can't be baptised if you're 10. So next one will come up. I want to be baptised, Dad. No, you're, you're too young. Anyway, eventually I must have worn him down. By the time I was 13, I was going to be baptised. And I was a bit nervous but excited because I'd been waiting for this. And um, just before my baptism, a little old lady from our assembly um, phoned me up. And my mum said, it's Miss Adcock on the phone for you, Wendy. And my heart sank a bit, really, because I was a bit scared of Miss Adcock. She was an old lady, um, but she was a feisty old lady, really. And she had this walking stick that she used to sort of wave round in a rather authoritarian way. And that really frightened me. And, and one day she hit my dad's car with it. I don't think she meant to. I think she was trying to sort of say, you come through and I'm going that way. But clonk, it went on the car. And then in winter, she would wear this dead fox round her neck. <laughs> and I just didn't know where to look. So when the phone went and they said, my mum said, it's Miss Adcock and she wants to talk to you, I was like, oh, what have I done wrong? You know, I immediately thought, what have I done wrong? 
But she said to me, now my dear, she said, I wanted to talk to you before you get baptised. And she was, it was the first time and probably the only time that I really heard her with God's heart, if you know what I mean. And she said to me, tell him everything, dear. Just tell him everything. You can talk to him about any and everything. Nothing's too big and nothing's too small. And that really stuck with me. And that's what I've done in my own life. Starting, you know, before I was baptised really, but going on after that. But her words just rang with me. It's not difficult. It's not complicated. You can just talk to God about any and everything. He's your dad. He cares about you. He cares about every detail of your life. He cares about those people in Ukraine. He cares about the people in Russia. He even cares about President Putin. We need to just come to him with an open heart and open hands, open mind and just say, God, I just want to be in contact with you because that's all prayer is really, isn't it? Our communication with God and him communicating with us and showing us things, changing us and making us hopefully more like Jesus. Any child can pray. My little granddaughters, we're trying to teach them to pray and they're beautiful. Prayers they come out with, simple but beautiful. So that's what I want to leave you this morning. Don't worry, pray and expect God's peace to guard your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus. Expect to grow in your relationship with him. Expect him to change you as you pray. But don't worry, keep praying. Don't think you have to get everything right when you pray. God can handle it. God can handle it even if we sometimes get angry when we pray because he knows it already. We read the Psalms, we read Job. People have their battles with God and he could handle it and and bring them through. We can tell him everything. We can pour out our hearts to him. We can intercede for people we love. We can intercede for people far away. We can pray. Anyone can pray. If you can talk, you can pray. So just pray and don't worry. Let me pray. Father, we just thank you that you are the most amazing Father and God. You are so powerful. You are the most high God. And we thank you, Lord, that we have the privilege because of Jesus, because of Jesus, we can come right into your presence any time of the day or night. And Lord, you're not in a hurry. You're you're not saying, speak quickly, I've got to do something else. Lord, you're just there waiting for us and welcoming us into your presence. Help us never to take that for granted. Help us always, Lord, to come with thankful hearts for all that you've done for us, Lord. And seek you for more and more for our world. To pray for that sad situation in Ukraine, Lord. To pray for breakthrough and to keep on praying and keep on believing and keep on praying and keep on believing. Lord, put that in us. By your spirit we pray. 
that we would be prayers who never give up, who never give in to the enemy, who never allow him any space in our lives. Lord, we just thank you for the awesome privilege of being able to pray. And I pray, Lord, for each person here, Lord, that you just give them more freedom and more joy and more peace as they pray and seek you together. In Jesus' name, amen.